Lord, your word is a light unto my feet and a lamp unto my path. Please help us as we hear the scriptures read to open our hearts and do what they say. We thank you now in Jesus' name. Amen. I will be reading Genesis 12, verses 1 through 9. Hear the word of the Lord. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who curses you, I will curse. And by you all the families of the earth will bless themselves. So Abram went, and the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed to Haran. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions which they had gathered, and the persons that they had gotten in Haran. And they set forth to go to the land of Canaan. When they had come to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place at Shechem, to the oak of Moreh. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your descendants I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord, who had appeared to him. Thence he removed to the mountain on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent, with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east, and there he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. The word of the Lord. Good morning. Today's New Testament reading comes from the book of Romans, chapter 4, verses 13 through 25. Listen for the word of the Lord. For the promise that he would inherit the world did not come to Abraham or his descendants through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if it is the adherents of the law who are to be the heirs, faith is null and promise is void. For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, neither is there transgression. For this reason, the promise depends on faith in order that it may rest on grace so that it may be guaranteed to all his descendants, not only to the adherents of the law, but also to those who share the faith of Abraham, who is the father of all of us. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. Hoping against hope, he believed that he would become father of many nations according to what was said, so shall your descendants be. He did not weaken in faith when he was considered 
his own, when he considered his own body, which was already as good as dead, for he was about a hundred years old in the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No, distrust made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, being fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Therefore it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Now these words, it was reckoned to him, were written not for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be reckoned to us who believe in him, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was handed over for our trespasses and was raised for our justification. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious God, thank you for your word that grows our faith. Open our hearts and our minds that we might find all hope in believing. Use me as your vessel to speak your truth. Now let the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The book of Romans is the letter written by the Apostle Paul to the Christians in Rome. Paul traveled spreading the gospel throughout the Roman Empire and hoped to visit and fellowship with Christians in Rome. So he wrote a letter of introduction to, the, to these Roman Christians. The first three chapters in the book of Romans present a vivid description of the relationship between God and humankind. In chapter one, after salutations and his declaration of his commitment to share the gospel of Jesus Christ first to the Jews and then to the Gentiles, Paul addressed the sinfulness of humankind and the wrath of God. In chapter two, Paul continued to expound on God's righteous judgment and the law, obedience and disobedience. In chapter three, Paul spoke to God's faithfulness and forgiveness of sin, stating, since all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, they are now justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a sacrifice of atonement by his blood, effective through faith. And in the beginning of chapter 4, Paul addressed justification by faith in the story of Abraham, he believed the Lord, and the Lord reckoned it to him as righteousness. These first three chapters and following in Romans set the tone for today's passage, chapter 4, verses 13 through 25. Now it is appropriate to give a little background about the Christians in Rome. The Christians in Rome were comprised of two groups of people the Jews and the Gentiles. The Jews adhered to the law, the law of Moses. And I imagine they took great pride in their adherence to the law. The Gentiles, in their attempt to be good Christians, undoubtedly felt the pressure from the Christian Jews to follow the law. 
In this text, Paul wanted to impress upon the Christians in Rome the importance of faith in the inheritance of God's promise. The law was not the focus. For to focus on the law would to be to put the cart before the horse. Paul uses a great example in the story of, Sarah, of Abraham and Sarah. For those who don't know the story about Abraham and Sarah, they were husband and wife, advanced in age, and childless. Infertility. The barrenness of Sarah's womb in the ancient world was often seen as a curse, a punishment, particularly against women who failed to provide male heirs and fulfill their gendered expectations of their identities and roles in childbearing. One day, God told Abraham, formerly known as Abram, that he and his wife Sarah, formerly Sarai, would not only have a child, but Abraham would become the father of many nations. Imagine that. Abraham, who is 100 years old, and Sarah, who is 90 years old, and God saying to them that they would have a child and Abraham would be father of nations. The thought of conception and childbirth at their age to them was laughable. But the Almighty God was faithful to his promise, and Abraham believed God's promise. He believed the Lord, and the Lord reckoned it to him as righteousness. Have you ever experienced the miraculous work of God in your life? Has God ever done something so good in your life that you have to pinch yourself to believe that it's not a dream, but in fact real? I tell you the truth. If you told me 20 or 30 years ago today that I would be standing here preaching the word of God, I would have laughed like Abraham and Sarah. God does the unbelievable. For the promise that would inherit the, that he would inherit the world did not come to Abraham or to his descendants through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if it is the inheritance of law who are to be the heirs, faith is null and, prom and promise is void. For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, neither is there transgression. God did not consider Abraham righteous because Abraham kept the law, the Jewish rules about circumcision and food restrictions and resting on the Sabbath. There were no laws. Moses would not bring the law down from Mount Sinai for another 600 years or more. The law was not the focus. By the grace of God, the promise comes by faith. And today we also are heirs to the promise if we have the same faith that Abraham showed against all hope. Abraham believed if God said he and Sarah would have a child, they would indeed have a child. Abraham believed if God said he would become father of many nations, it would happen by God's grace. 
Abraham did not make up excuses to what God to God about the impossibilities given their circumstances. He didn't say, well, God, you know, Sarah and I are no spring chickens. I don't think we have the energy or strength to bear and raise a child. Well, you know, God, if you're, if you're talking about my son Ishmael, I guess, I guess it's possible. No. Abraham did not make excuses. Abraham's faith was not diminished because he and Sarah were advanced in age or the fact that Sarah had not been able to conceive a child in all their years together, all their decades together. No, Abraham trusted God's promise to do what God said he would do. He leaned into the promise of God and his faith was reckoned to him as righteousness. This is the message from Paul to the Christians in Rome, especially the Jewish Christians who so honored the law. Somebody say the focus was not the law. The law indeed has its place to help us live day to day in obedience, but the focus is having faith and a mighty God who can do all things. But Paul did not stop there. He explained in this letter to the Christians in Rome that it was not written for Abraham's sake alone that his faith was reckoned to him as righteousness, but for all who believe in him, who raised Jesus, our Lord, from the dead, who was handed over for our trespasses and raised for our justification. Paul's message to the Christians in Rome is the same message that God has for us today. We inherit God's promise through the righteousness of faith. So where in your life or about what is God calling you to faith? We are called to be faithful in forgiveness because in God's grace, God sacrificed his one and only son for all of our sins. Since all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, they are now justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a sacrifice of atonement by his blood effective through faith. During worship today, and every Sunday, we pray a prayer of confession and receive words of assurance. By doing so, we admit to being sinful in nature and seek the forgiveness of God. We leave worship with the assurance of God's forgiveness through Jesus Christ, yet many of us hesitate to extend the same forgiveness to individuals who have betrayed our trust or harmed us in one way or another. Forgiveness is indeed a challenge, but a challenge worth striving for in light of all that God has done for us in the forgiveness of sins through Jesus Christ. Just like each Sunday is an opportunity to ask for forgiveness and receive pardon of your sins, each day is an opportunity to extend forgiveness to your neighbors for their transgressions. What other way 
might God be calling you to have faith? God calls each of us to have faith beyond failed dreams and expectations. Faith is predicated on God's faithfulness to us. We share in the faith of Sarah and Abraham by moving forward even in disappointments and unfulfilled hopes and dreams, not as Stoics, but as those whose inheritance is secure by God's faithfulness to us. Over a month ago, an airplane crashed in the Amazon, which initiated a search for survivors. And yesterday, after 40 days of organized search and rescue, four children who survived the crash were found. Miraculously, the four children ranging in age from 13 years to one year old survived on their own. Unfortunately, their mother and two co-pilots did not survive the crash. It was reported that the grandmother of the children said she wanted to hug every soldier and volunteer responsible for finding and bringing her grandchildren home. As a parent, I cannot imagine the devastating loss of losing a child, but I can imagine the joy of being reunited with my grandchildren. Faith in Jesus carries us through a multitude of pain and anguish. Daily, there are encounters of great devastation and disappointment in the world. We see it in the news, we read it in the newspaper, the ongoing war between Russia and Ukraine, buildings collapse, planes crash, wildfires erupt, uncontrolled gun violence happens, and the list goes on and on. As Christians, we are called to be faithful in prayer for one another and the world, to comfort one another in times of despair, and to look to God for our strength in unimaginable tragedy and loss. God will see us through our greatest challenges. Finally, Paul the Apostle Paul, exa example of Abraham and Sarah, illustrates the blind faith that God calls us to have as believers in Christ. Abraham and Sarah did not live to see the nations that encompass God's blessing to them, making Abraham the father of many nations, but he believed what God promised. Therefore, his faith was reckoned to him as righteousness. Last Sunday, Romulo Alejandro preached a message about going and making disciples to the ends of the earth. Today, we see and are a part of God's promise to Abraham. In 1790, a young minister and his family faithfully answered God's call to go and make disciples. The Reverend John D. Blair pastored a small group of Presbyterians who worshiped on Sunday in the House of Delegates Assembly Room here in Richmond. This was the beginning of the long history of Grace Covenant's faithful ministry that continues today. 
God has faithfully guided and sustained Grace Covenant members over 200 years as servants of the Lord, serving the church, the local community, and missions around the world. The scripture says Abraham will become the father of many nations. He is the father of us all, and we are a part of those many nations. We are justified by faith in Jesus Christ, who shed his blood for our sins. By faith, we are heirs, therefore, inherit the promise of God. Amen. <laughs>